inside the crazy and form man how are you buddy I'm doing really well. How are you guys? Oh, you know us, dude. We're living the dream. Living the dream. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Wearing some beautiful merch we see. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. I love this shirt. All right. It's very festive. Very festive. You know, you can't yes. go wrong with a bonk Christmas. I mean, it's just how you get crazy. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. This is it. All right. So listen. All right. What you been up to? Because you're a busy guy, man. Like since the last time we checked in with you, last time we talked to you, you've been pretty steady busy. Like, you know, Mr. Mr. Hollywood here traveling and, like, working on all kinds of projects and, like, you know, a real-life Dylan, if you will. Whoa, what? Yeah, yeah. Are we giving stuff away now? (laughs) (laughs) I, um, yeah, I I feel like I worked really hard this year. Yeah, man. I I needed to to get away and escape, so I did a a little quick uh, one trip to Mexico for the weekend and then came back because I had a had a Hollywood event I had to be at. Yeah. And then one of my best friends flew in town and we're going to hop on a cruise tomorrow and go right back to Mexico. And then when we get back, um, I have to I'm fly to New York. There you go. So- <laughs> Dude, you're a busy man. Busy man. I'm so happy you took some time out to talk to us. I mean, seriously. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, well. Anything for you guys. Well, oh. same man. Same, you know. Oh, we, we are so super freaking pumped about everything with you that's going on. Um, But the reason that we want to talk to you right now, the reason that we had you back on the show is because you uh, have a film that you have recently finished uh, and we have seen it uh, and we love it uh, and we want to talk about it, man, because as you know, you know, this podcast is all about uh, helping the up and comers and people trying to break into the industry and everything. And so anytime that we can talk to somebody who has done it, has made a film, you know, and gone through the process and what that is, you know, we, we love to talk about that and share those experiences with people because I think a lot of people out there don't realize how hard it is to actually make a film (laughs) and why, why not many people can say that they've done it. Right. So talk about it, man. Talk about the process. First of all, let's tell everybody what it's called and kind of talk about the process of how you developed it because you wrote it right? Uh, he did, yeah. Yeah, and, and produced it, starred in it, so, you, you know, kind of a triple threat all the way around, even fucking composed a song for it, man, so, like, I did, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, show off, no. <laughs> but, Listen, so, let's this, jump this into it, man. The character, the character you have for me for the show uh, is a musical artist, and I was like, man, I need to really get going on something, so, for whenever it comes down for PR, I can actually do the live performances for yes. it, so this is all because of you guys. Well, <laughs> of course, it's all character building, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Like I said, we're real-life Dylan. Yeah, who knows? Hey, you know. This is it. All right, so talk about it. Let, let, let's talk about it, though, because we're pumped to hear about it. Yeah, the, the film is called Sorry for My Loss. Mm-hmm. Um, it really follows two characters telling both of their stories. Uh, because it's a short film, we only get to hear small, like the meat and potatoes of their stories. But essentially, one character is at the height of their career, having the best time, like nothing could go wrong for them. And for the other individual, it's just the lowest point in their life. And they're struggling mentally, dealing with narcissistic abuse, mental abuse, and trying to figure out how to essentially gather their bearings to stand on their own two feet. Um, and with that, it's uh, understanding kind of that true meaning of happiness. And each of them have their own idea of happiness and different motives. And so it's, uh, I think the main thing with this film it comes down to is lack of communication uh, right? Uh, and comprehension as well. So this project, I uh, 
I think it was six months of pre-production. Yeah. Uh, I wrote it at the beginning of the year. I was writing a different film actually. And then one specific line came into my head uh, and I, I could not get it out. And it's this incredible line of um, when I with you, I feel like I'm in heaven. Mm-hmm. And, and the response was, but when I'm with you, I feel like I'm dancing with the devil. Yes. Uh. Yeah. And I just sat there and, and because, and you guys are creators and, and when you write things, uh, I imagine you guys look at it very cinematically. Oh yeah. Um, so as soon as that line came to my head, I already knew exactly how that scene would look, how the character would, would look and dress um, the tone of everybody. And I, I tried to throw it out the window, like put it on the back burner. <laughs> um, but I couldn't, I couldn't get out of my head. So I had to, to write this project. Right. And it, it came in there and it went through a couple of revisions and uh, we did something kind of different with, uh, in the pre-production wise for the score. Uh-huh. Cause normally you don't deal with scoring until afterwards. Right. I met with the composer first uh-huh. and I said, I said, Hey, this is how I imagine this. I sent him the script. He read it, fell in love with it. Um, and because that also helped influence the way we shot the film. Right. Too. Right. Because scoring is such a big part of uh, helping you feel Absolutely. And yeah, it was just phenomenal to bring them in at the beginning so that way we could go back and forth. And it's this huge collaborative effort. So I was very excited that it, it, it happened. Yeah. And I'm glad you guys loved it as well. Of it course. Really sucked if you guys did it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just you saying those lines, like it brought hair, my hair, like on my arms stood up. I got so excited yet again. But you know, as well as we do, when you're writing something, you write mostly about what you know. So what inspired you to write this story? Was it something in your life or was it something like around you going on? <laughs> Don't get anybody in trouble now. Right, right. right. <laughs> Just um, uh, a bunch of different influences and different relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe my own, maybe someone else's, maybe a plethora of them. But because I'll never, I'll never give it fully away. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think as a writer, those are the things that I, I love that I can keep close. Definitely, like, yeah, I know, I know what the real meaning is. Because um, I also feel like if you talk about the real meaning, it takes away the ability for someone else to identify with it. Yes. Right. Right. Um, <clears throat> but everyone's had a shitty relationship. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We've all been through that shit. Yeah. But that's what and, makes it relatable, right? Because that's yeah. what makes a film work or fail, as if the audience can connect to the characters, right? If you can connect to a character and say, I've been through that, or I feel that guy, I've been, I know somebody who went through that, that makes it much more established when to the audience when they're watching it. It makes them feel for it as opposed to something that they're just kind of going through and have no idea and it's very methodical and, you know, when, when it's that raw, cold, no connection kind of a thing, right? So, yes, everybody, who hasn't had a shitty relationship? Who hasn't been in that yeah. situation? But I like what you talked about at the top because it does deal heavily with mental health and mental situations yeah. and where you are because I feel like there are a lot of people – in society today, living lives where they are totally oblivious to how the person that's with them feels, 
right? Like, like yeah. they're living the same life and they have two totally separate opinions and views about what's happening in that life because there's no communication and they're just totally oblivious. I'm living my dream. I've never been happier. The other one is miserable. And yet they're doing yeah. the same thing every day. They're living the life that, you know, talk about that a little bit because I feel like mental health yeah, is yeah. so important and we've been doing like this huge this whole year we've been really kind of focused on the podcast about talking with our guests about the importance of mental health and 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 what it can do and not do to people's lives so talk about that a little bit and how crazy is that because i feel like who hasn't had a relationship like that right yeah i think it's very interesting to see people uh in these type of relationships mm-hmm. because I, i've been through it specifically and i and a lot of my friends have as well it's not knowing the comfort level you have with certain people right of hey a big thing i went through was um it's like okay what i don't want to say something wrong and offend someone i don't want to say something and make them mad and then a friend of mine said okay but what's the worst that's going to happen and that since what what and i was like oh well uh, that relationship may end or they may not want to talk to you and they may want to be my friend. Okay. Well then there's your answer, right? Like you don't want to be with someone who doesn't want you for you. Uh. And it took a long time to figure out, um, and some therapy, but (laughs) it's just like with, with this film, it's learning to stand up for yourself and being on your own two feet. And that's scary to do. Yeah. Um, especially when you are in a long-term relationship and you're used to this type of behavior, because then the fear is afterwards. And I, I went through it this entire year was, Oh, I'm not being treated that same way. Mm -hmm. Maybe someone's treating me better, but I'm not used to it. Uh And how does that affect me? Um, and it was just learning that you, uh, deserve greatness. And from a partner, you deserve everything you can get and respect and and loyalty and honesty. And I think some people take those small traits for granted. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. And I mean, it's like you were talking about, when you come into this long-term relationship, you basically feel like you become like one person. You know each other's day-to-day routines. You know what show they're going to watch which day and different things like that. So to think about splitting that up and becoming two separate people, it's a very scary thing, even if it's for the better, even it's for better for one of the individuals that are in their relationship. So I think this film does a great job at making people and making couples reflect on what their situation is. So I think it's very important for everybody to watch this so that they can take care of themselves first and foremost. Thank you so much. Yeah. um, With um, other people and relationships, (laughs) it it was very much one of those, like I, like you're used to this Uh and where do you like it's that attachment you're like okay but i'm i'm so familiar with this lifestyle right like what who am i outside of it Mm -hmm. and i think um that is such a heavy thing to go through um because it takes a long time to to comprehend and mentally be prepared for that and there's a wonderful scene um between the two actresses having this conversation right yeah and it and um, I just remember being on set. It was the last day of, of principal photography and watching them have this conversation. And I just 
lose it on set <laughs> because it is the it is the most authentic piece of the film. Mm-hmm. Like everything that happened, uh, everything that was said in that scene was a real thing that happened. Yeah, and and just seeing people bring one as a writer bring those words to life is phenomenal. Oh, absolutely. right, and <laughs> and then it's. Um, a life you're familiar with right and seeing like the way other people are portrayed on film and, and etc and it's it's like oh my gosh and so all these memories come back and so i'm like losing on set i quietly step away <laughs> one of our producers comes over and is like are you okay and i was like i'm fine it's just so many memories are coming back and it's such a it was so cathartic to write and then for them to play it out and have their own emotions with it right um it was just phenomenal Yeah, and that scene is so like there's so many different things going on in that conversation, right? It's 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 kind of talking about like what you talked about about like finding out who you are, right? Like who are you in life away from this, right? Because I feel like sometimes people go into relationships not knowing who they are, but then go into a relationship and it's like if you don't know who you are yourself, how can you go into a relationship and be solid? You know, before figuring out your own kind of life. Um, and then they also talk about like you said, um. Are being good enough. Hey, you deserve better than this. You, you, you are better than you are being treated and you, you can step away from this. And so the whole conversation that they go back and forth and I like how you, with the way that you did it, the kind of roller coaster where one moment they're very serious, but then, Hey, they're dancing and they're drinking and they're laughing. And then it kind of gets (laughs) serious again because that's how people go through those emotions, right? You got, you kind of got to laugh to keep from crying. And sometimes you got to cry. And like, so that little scene, that, that whole thing back and forth between the two of them is just phenomenal. Yeah. Those, uh, those two actresses, uh, Claire and Cherie just, phenomenal individuals and yeah. i am so happy i got to work with them um fun fact in in that dance scene we had sparkling grape juice yeah and i was like can we pour them actual champagne there you go right yeah and just it was the end of shooting it was kind of like a celebration i think that was the last scene that they shot right and um so yeah that they are having they play drunk very well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you're a producer. You can do whatever you want, okay? You don't have to ask. It's like, get the champagne. That's what I, you know. But. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And with you being the writer and being on set and being there through the process, were there different interpretations than what you initially thought they were going to be while you were writing it? Like, did the actors portray it differently than what you expected? Yeah. Yes. Um, there was a line that um, Riley um, DeCock had, who plays Ethan, mm-hmm. and and the way he said it was kind of similar to the way I envisioned it, but I didn't talk to him about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's talking about how his relationship went a certain way, and and it was um, how can he be out here doing so okay when I'm sitting here with a broken heart? Mm. Right. Yeah, and and I love the way that he said it because he was very much. Uh, still emotional, but still pulled back because you're in a place of work. Because when I wrote it, I was crying. Right. <laughs> and, it was like, and it was one of those like, 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 just how is he so okay when I'm sitting here, like, with a just a broken heart? <laughs> and and I, I was playing that back in my head. And when Riley came in and did this scene, I was like, oh my god, you're you're really good. <laughs> and I'm like, completely different. And, yeah. and the way that Claire 
maneuvered her lines and and the the ballroom scene mm. was just I it couldn't have we actually did it way better than I I imagined it to be. And just her confidence level walking in and mm-hmm. and owning the room and just being so aggressive and upfront was just made the writer in me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and because uh, you know, and for anybody who missed it, you should go back and watch it if it's still available. You and Rebecca Kennedy are forever guests. You guys did an Instagram live, uh, fantastic yeah. conversation, right? And uh, we kind of touched on that a little bit last night about how filmmaking is very fluid. It, it's constantly yeah. evolving, even on set, right? So uh, when you see something play out and it might change, it might morph and it might not be exactly how you had intended it, but it might be better. It might be worse. As the writer, you might be like, hold, hold up, guys. I'm going to like rewrite right. that real quick, you know, because this is how I see it now. Kind of a, yeah. Those things happen, right? So talk about that a little yeah. bit. And, you know, you said you made some revisions and different things, but um, – <laughs> I think a lot of times yeah. people don't realize once those cameras start rolling, sometimes there are still revisions being made, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I changed um, – I got a lot of pushback. I'm like, I need to change this. Right. And they're like, hey, like, we, we are already set. And I was like, um, I, was like I know. And it was uh, – we had a wonderful director, Diodonis Moquette, um, who is just I, – I trust with every ounce of my being um, creatively and the way he tells a story because we worked on a couple of projects prior and mm-hmm. i said listen i uh, and because I, I never want to step on anybody's toes right i said the story is going to flow much better if uh, we can have these changes mm-hmm. and it was um yeah like the sh- scene when they were dancing around and i walked in and i was like hey i need you guys to talk about aaron's hair um, <laughs> because it's and I was like, just make a quick comment about how it's always the same. Because right. we see, you know, it later how it uh, evolves. And those ladies, um, they, they did a doozy. <laughs> 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 they, they, went, they went maybe a little further than I thought about talking about like, clothes. And, and like, like a fucking cartoon character. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, guys, I just need to talk about the hair. But that was their one moment to go in and, and really just jab me because I was I like to pull pranks on set and like to do things there. Sure. Um, this was their little way of getting back at me. But yeah, even the last scene, um, which was the first one we shot, I we we changed it the mm. night before. Yeah, and because uh, there's a lot of logistics and and storyline and um, a lot of some pre-production issues, but we we called all the actors we're like we need everybody you need i need you to fly in early change your flight <laughs> oh, shit. we we garnered the extras um yeah it was it's insane yeah it's always changing which just isn't a bad thing it just means that where as a creative you you see a better vision once you see everything in place right <clears throat> right it that's where short films are are so awesome and so amazing yeah. because you, you kind of have that liberty to kind of make changes and kind of do things that maybe on a big budget you're not able to do, right? And and right. so it, it, I liken short films to theater to film, right? It, it, it's a learning ground. It, it, it's like stage actors going to film and television. I feel it's like short films are that learning ground to get to your feature films and your feature-length films because you get 
you do get to play around and kind of and kind of yeah. have fun and see what works and what doesn't work without the pressure <laughs> of the studio's money on you going no no you can't do Listen. that you know we got to yeah. do this so um and i want to talk a little bit too because you had mentioned uh 6 months uh, for pre-production that's a little long normal normal than the longer you know, the normal process for pre-production right um yeah. it's normally about 3 months give or take or whatever but that's another thing that I don't think people really understand, like the length of time it takes from when you have an idea to the time it's available for people to see. It is a process yeah. to get there. And I think some people just think, oh, we're going to make a movie and then bam, tomorrow we can watch it. That's not how it works. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> no, that, that pre-production took a while because of uh, casting. Yeah. And, and we wanted to bring the the right people in uh-huh. and it took some time and we also uh steven Epis, uh, esposito my wonderful co-writing friend and producer for the song goodbye um that's in the film we we took a while to craft that yep because each we spent an entire day writing he took about a week or two for production on it to make it um finalized that i could come back and lay vocals down and but each line in that song is a uh, specific drawback to uh-huh. uh, a, a relationship yeah and uh so that was a hard one to write and perform <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um but we wanted to get through that because that song also helped shape the story right in, in some ways and I wanted to see what that final version was going to look like mm-hmm. um, to do it. So then we, when we went through casting and it took a while um, and then, you know, financing and getting all the logistics planned and location, locking down directors, and editors and handlers and, and everybody that goes into making a film. I, it was a great experience because I have such a, a newfound respect for everybody in the production side. Cause I'm, I'm just used to being in front of the camera. Right. And being like, oh man, like, so y'all with the TV show, I mean, good luck. <laughs> I'll be in front of that camera for you. Yeah, <laughs> man. Uh, it's it's a process, like like you said. Yeah. You know, it, it it's it's a lot of work that I don't think people really realize what is done to make that yeah. product happen. You know, and I think it's great that people like yourself you know, that have been the majority of the time in front of the camera, take that opportunity to be a creator and get behind and see the process. Because I think not only does it, you know, help for you to understand what everybody else does, but it makes you better in front of the camera because you understand what everybody else does and the process. Um, And and that's fantastic. And and I, I love that, that you do that. Um, I just keep going back to you, you know, writing it like you, you start crying when you're writing or whatever, you know, because <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's so difficult. Like for me, sometimes I, I'll, I'll cry a little bit. But, you know, as you got as you know, the show that we're writing is is basically about us sort of, you know, yeah, we'll just yeah. like you said, we're not going to call anything out or whatever. But yeah, yeah sometimes yeah. when you're writing a scene and you start fondly thinking back or not so fondly thinking back about that moment, you're yeah. like, oh, and then. <laughs> a rough thing to do right like yeah yeah it's 
I'm uh, an emotional baby anyways. I think you, I, I, I have to be to be an actor. I know yeah. some people who are like, no, it's a switch. I can flip it on and off. I'm like, no, I'm emotional all the time. Because <laughs> a, a lot of the projects I do are very dramatic and either I'm crying or I'm trying to make someone else cry. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, you recall these memories that are so nostalgic and that have so much weight that um, will impact a scene. And I, I just, and then the preparation to make it happen on right. set is yeah. a different story. And I, I was telling uh, Becca last night that for one of the scenes, um, it's this moment where you look back and and you're sitting there and, and my face is blurry. No one can see it at that moment. Um, but I was listening to a specific song for like 30 minutes prior. <laughs> and, um, and what my acting coach a little bit for it was... I'm sorry, I'm kind of going on a tangent now. No, but, um, um, adding something personal into that message because uh-huh. it wasn't written in the script that my character was going to say something to her during that moment. It was just going to be this thing between them. Um, and in my character, if anybody like looks at my you know, blurry face, <laughs> out of focus <laughs> face, you'll you'll see my character really be like, um, "I'm so sorry." for everything that I, I did. Right. And I, I still love you. And I will, I would love to another chance. And that uh, moment came from like a hope that I personally had uh-huh. and that <laughs> will never happen. <laughs> no. But it's, it's this like moment with the characters between them and being method really becoming this person of that's how that character would feel Uh is, but that's still very narcissistic. Yeah. Right. (laughs) To even after so long have to um, try one last time and you can't just let it go and go on. Right. But yeah. Can we talk about that just for a minute? Because we know you and we know you're like seriously one of the nicest guys ever and you're just a genuine gentleman and 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 just fantastic but yeah in this film you're you're just like can i say it? you're just kind of like a douchebag <laughs> kind bro. of a dick you're kind of a <laughs> dick kind of right a dick. And you're very narcissistic you're very just like man that dude is straight up an asshole like, you know and, yeah. and we're and we're like that's fucking great acting because this guy's nice <laughs> as shit you know so but uh yeah i mean it's just but it's got to be fun sometimes when you are a nice guy to be able to play that kind of bad guy right that kind of like yeah oh, i get to play somebody people hate you know that's kind of cool yeah, it's uh, it's a villain with a heart. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, it's, villain with a heart. And I take a villain with a heart, and I take that quote from uh, Hayden Panettiere when she was talking about her show Nashville, but her character's like, oh, she's right. a she's a bitch with a heart. There you I'm go. Like, mm, kind of the same, but um, <laughs> yeah, playing that character was difficult because it is a mindset to go into uh-huh. uh, of being like, man, you're larger than life. Like no one can touch you everyone wants you you're the hottest you know piece of ass there and then you're not yeah (laughs) (laughs) and and, um going back and forth with um riley who plays ethan in one of our scenes was very much just a fun day because we just had this banter right back and forth so just me being a complete um dick to him (laughs) and then 
but afterwards I would always apologize. Like, I'm so sorry. Like right. it's just, just the character. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, in the opening um, of the film, that it's totally that I, I told that's totally that. And both of us, like when we watched it, we both kind of talked about it, but the secretary gets it from the get go. She's, she's, <laughs> she's like, Oh, this, this dick. Like, yeah, she's having no part of it. that look that she gives. Like, you know, it's just priceless, man. It's absolutely priceless. Yeah, the way um, we kind of because I had some advisors help me with the story who who know right. the story, and um, I was like, wouldn't it be fun if um, the secretary was like in love with Aaron and just like kind of gave that like I want you type of thing? Because in the beginning, like you see Aaron, um, you know, looking at something. Right, it's very. Very heartfelt because Aaron loves Jane tremendously. Um, and to him, it's, it's everything, uh-huh. but you, but sometimes, um, that, that's not enough. Right. And so with the secretary, I'm like, Oh man, it would be so wonderful. if She like wanted him, but like saw that he was, you know, holding the picture frame. And, and then, so it's like, like she turns around and sees that. And then it goes right into like, Man, you ain't shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, that, and you can see that on her face, you know. And then, but you, I don't know. You kind of play him sympathetic though, because I feel I feel like there's a moment where you stop thinking, okay, this guy's a dick, and you really get to a point where this guy's just clueless. He he really has no idea that this is the situation, that he is this way. Like at the end, when you say, like, like, he doesn't even realize that that's still a very narcissistic move saying, can I have another chance, right? This is just a yeah. guy that's walking through life clueless. And so you yeah. kind of feel for him. You, you know, you, you, you want to yeah. hate him, but you kind of also feel for him like this guy just doesn't get it, you know? Yeah, it's, um, there's a moment <laughs> where, uh, it's that pinnacle scene at towards the end where, where that line I talked about, where it's like, Oh, when I'm with you, I'm in, I feel like I'm in heaven, but with you, I'm, I'm dancing with the devil. And I see my uh, facial expression. Uh-huh. And because, you know, I've, I heard that line 50 times and I, I wrote it um, the way that, cause Claire would always change the way she sh- uh, would say it. Uh-huh. And, and she delivered the line and my face was really became clueless. <laughs> And I was like, wait, what? And it, and it was such a tender moment because uh, Aaron's face is always tense. Uh-huh. And in this moment, you see it morph and relax because something has changed. The dynamic, the power shift. Uh-huh. And um, and then you you see him try to like quickly get it together to try to, to be, you know, a dominant man. And... It was just, yeah, it was so so much fun. <laughs> That's great. And I want to talk a little bit about like the – for it's basically a question for all the writers out there because every single project you write, it infinitely becomes your baby, right? And you like yeah. hold it so close, near and dear to your heart. So how do you work up the courage to start – 
pitching this thing to people and have them not necessarily tear it apart, but kind of like give their opinions about it and continue creatively moving forward. Because I think that's very important to help the writers continue moving forward and not just be like, oh, shit, I'm done. They don't they don't want to do what I want to do. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, it was because this one was so personal and cathartic and it, it will always be my baby. I'm very proud of it. Um, I went to people who, uh, I've worked with prior mm-hmm. and, and I asked for feedback mm. initially. And I said, Hey, I know you're, you guys aren't yes men, um, or yes women. It was, uh, I just need uh, constructive criticism. And when they would read it, they would be like, um, because then I got professional script coverage done first. Right. Um, so they could come back and be like, Hey, your story maps out. It's, it's good. Um, but then when you, you give it to people in the industry who want to work with you, um, uh, people ended up asking to work with me about right. yeah. with this project. And, uh, with Diodonis, I remember I went to him and I was like, Hey, I've got this project. Um, I don't think I would make this if you didn't want to be a part of it. And, um, he was like, absolutely. Let me, let me take a look at it. And he, this is dope. Okay. He's like, I, we need to, we need to make this story. And I was like, perfect. But I, I get bad anxiety, um, professionally with mm-hmm. things. And so I, uh, so every time I'd have to go to a new person, I'd be like, Hey, <laughs> and I'm like get nervous. To, to right. Pitch it. And then they would read it. And, and because they know me and they know how I work with other people on sets and the projects I've worked on, they were like, yes, like we cup artists. When I would sit in the chair to get touch-ups, they'd be like, that was really good. <laughs> like, holy shit. And I was like, oh, God, thank you so much. And um, just, yeah, but pitching it. But for um, like the anti-bachelorette feature film, mm-hmm. uh, also, because I only write about things I know. Right. I, I, I can't make up a fake world. Um so with this one, I, I went to a few producers that I have not worked with. And I said, hey, I've got this treatment. I'm working on the script. Here's my thoughts. And they would they read it and came back and they're like, this is wonderful. Like we, I've never seen a movie like this. Um, like we need to make this stat, get the script, get your A-list names attached to it. Um, I, have, I have some good ones uh, on board. Yeah. But it's... It's just that I can't officially say, Uh, um, but it's, yeah, it's just making sure because this industry, you need thick skin. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's a, it's a lot of no's, but I don't know. It's just building up that courage and the worst they're going to say is no. Exactly. Yeah. I I could send you, uh, one of the other treatments and you guys would be like, Hey, like we love you, but like, this is dog shit. (laughs) And I'd be like, you know what? Thank you let how can i fix it what do you think would make it right 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 and then i would take that constructive criticism and then redraft it it's not can't necessarily have an ego but you have to be confident at the Mm. same time Mm -hmm. you have to be able to pitch yourself but you also have to be able to listen to feedback and not think that you're always right about things because it's very important it's kind of like a double-edged sword two-faced kind of thing but it's very important to have that in the entertainment industry because one that's how you work well together and two that's how you get the best product at the end of the day that you think most people will enjoy and relate to 
And script coverage yeah. is such a valuable tool. It is. I, I, I don't yeah. think people realize how – because when you can get a set of eyes on it from the outside, because you're so attached to it, it is your baby, and you're seeing it all the time, and you're writing it, and you're kind of doing these things. So to have somebody with absolutely no opinion whatsoever about where it comes from, what it is, how long you've been working on it or not working right. – they're just looking at it from a professional standpoint and saying this, 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 or this – it the the critique that they give you and the feedback that they give you 99% of the time is right and it's like oh this could be better this way or that way and if you don't ever send it out there if you if you're always too scared to put it out there to get that feedback it might not yeah. be the best it could be so you've got to be right. brave enough to say hey i think this is great but could it be better let me see and 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 be willing to take that in right still your baby still your project but there might be something that could be added to it to make it better or something taken out to make it better and if the ego is a good if you have too big of an ego or too or you know whatever the case may be to not allow that to happen you could be missing out on some seriously great stuff yeah i'm i want to circle back around to egos but this quick comment about script coverage I got such a good insight as a writer and creator right. from coverage. And and it this comment that I got will change the way that I, I do scripts because um, Ethan, Pierre, that character, the character description said, um, Ethan, Aaron's business partner, best friend, gay, uh, late 20s, office worker, successful, whatever else. Mm-hmm. And the individual who gave me the script coverage says, made just a, a comment. She's like, it's funny how we, you called him out as gay. You didn't call anybody else out as straight, but you had, you made a note here. And I was like, you know, that's such a, and, and this is um, moving the needle uh-huh. yeah, as well. And in industry. Uh, I was like, you know, that's a wonderful idea because his sexual orientation has nothing to do that majorly affects his character. Right. right? Um, and what I learned is because when Riley came in to do his audition, um, he saw the character description that says gay and he really amped it up. And I, and I remember giving him a note and I was like, Hey, I want you to do this audition again, but you don't have to play it that way. Uh-huh. Like you can just be yourself. And, and Riley's voice is naturally very deep <laughs> <laughs> and to hear him do this high pitched voice. I was like, buddy, you don't have to do that. It's fine. Yeah. And um, when he did it, kind of how he did in the movie was very kind of like a moderate tone. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, there you go. And I asked, I was like, hey, like what made you want to try it that way with that tone? He was like, oh, the character description said gay. So I just assumed for film, it was like an overly like flamboyant character. And I was like, okay. I was like, I need to change the way that I write um, because not every um, character of LGBT um is going to be that way right so but that script coverage yeah was is always a big help and it just helps you become better exactly you learn something new every day right yeah and it can Um, be something so small and insignificant like that one word in a character description that would go by anybody else but they catch it 
And they're like, this yeah. this could be an issue. So I, I mean, yeah, and I love that story about how it became an issue, and and, and you know that's just brilliant. Uh, and, and and you're a smart guy, though. We 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 know you're a smart guy, <laughs> and and you take you critique very well, and um and yeah. you're always looking to make the best possible product, and and that's why we like you so much, and and why you've been successful yeah. doing what you're doing because you are passionate about putting the best possible product out there and putting it all into it and making sure that everybody else. It does that as well. And so th- there's a reason you're successful. Well, thank you. Of course. Um, you made a comment about ego. Yes. Uh, you can't have a big ego. I learned on this film how easy it is for an actor to get an ego. <laughs> because being number one on the call sheet, having a, a handler and people who literally wait on you hand and foot makes it so easy to get this like God complex mm-hmm. of like, I'm amazing. <laughs> it's like, right. no, you're not. And so every time we would get on set, um, Phoenix Betancourt, who is a wonderful producer, um, was just like, what do you need? I've got it for you. We can get it. You, you, here's what we have for lunch. But if you want something different, we'll go somewhere else. I'm like, I don't know. You don't have to do any of that. It's, it's like, I'm, I'm just here. Like I can get it myself. Right. Right. But it's, it's keeping yourself from having, um, an ego like that makes you a joy to work with. I know 100% that if I were to walk around that set being like, I'm number one on the call sheet mm-hmm. and you guys are not as important as me. Nobody would want to work with me ever again. That's right. right. That's right. And, and I, I was like, I hate, I don't know why people, cause I, I know people who do that. And I'm like, you're not a good person. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Because the second you make note that you're number one on the call sheet is when you drop from number one on the call sheet. Yeah. Like, people, people take note of that. Like, you know, they they remember that shit. So yeah. humility, humble. That It's all, oh you God, know, yeah. it's a very important, very important. Oh, man. This has been a fantastic chat, man. It's always so fun to talk to you. Always a blast. You know, I think the listeners always enjoy hearing from you because they learn so much from you. And, Mm. you know, and you inspire, man. And that's what we're all about. Having people inspire other people to go after their dreams and do what they're doing. And look at you, man. You're killing it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Hey, how do you uh, how do you like that song? Oh, dude, I love the song. So great. I mean, seriously. So great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Like, I mean, I, I was poking fun at you at the top for, you know, being a show off. But, uh, I mean, it really does draw, you know, it. you talked about the score, but the score and original songs and, and, and music is so critically important to a film to to drive the story, to, to, to take people in the direction that you want them to go with the story. And to be able to pull that off, you know, with a score and with original songs and, and even... People, you know, they think, eh, the original song at the end of the film, blah. But that's what, you, the last thing you hear, that's the last thing that you're thinking about when you when you finish that film. That's there, yeah. that right? So that's so critically important as to what you are walking away with. And, I mean, yeah, dude, it, you killed, man. You slayed uh, it. Thanks. I, um, yeah, that wasn't my idea to have that in the film. <laughs> the, the director came back and he was like, I, I have this idea trust me on this and say all right and then the way that it, it plays through and into the that in the end credit yeah right uh i hope you enjoyed my awkward dancing oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> because that was i because that originally that shot was supposed to be for the movie poster mm. um 
I wanted this like white silhouette type of thing happening with Claire and I. And so we cleared, we had like 50 extras. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, can we clear the dance floor and just get us two on there? There's my, I only had like three picky things that I wanted throughout the entire film. <laughs> right. Um, and then the rest, I was like, do whatever you want. And so they were like, keep dancing. And I was like, neither of us know how to dance. <laughs> <laughs> You guys know that we want to make sure everybody follows the one and only Jared. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at jaredbecker93. And then I'm on Twitter with the same handle. And then IMDB as well. And on Facebook. Yeah. Everywhere. The man is everywhere. everywhere. He is. He is. Fan freaking tabulous. Listen, thanks again for taking a little time out of your busy vacation schedule <laughs> to come get a little crazy with us. We appreciate it. And dude, you know you're like one of our number one people. So we appreciate you a lot. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. Of course, of course. Listen, yeah. we'll be in touch with you soon, and uh, just enjoy the holidays, man. Have a good one. Relax a little bit. Relax. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. You guys enjoy the holidays as well. Yeah, buddy. Thank you, brother. Thank you. All right, man. Take care, bud. Thanks. Bye. Yep, Bye. See ya. So good, man. So good. I, every time he comes back on, I mean, he's just a blast. Yeah, and he is the epitome of doing it, doing it right and being successful. Right. right? He's humble. He's passionate. He he can take criticism, and, and I feel like if you enter the game with those qualities, you're going to be successful. I completely agree. And this guy, like, I mean, he just has so much motivation. It's yeah. kind of like he's like young rock, basically. <laughs> I mean, this guy like basically never sleeps and continues to keep going. And you see where he's at now. He's just a talented individual, and we're lucky to have him in our corner. To be absolutely, honest. man, and I can't wait for him to like. Just you know, we keep saying this, but bringing Dylan to life, he's exactly. just gonna freaking kill it, man. Just freaking we wait, just guys. His audition one time. Just, just wait, guys. Whoa. Just you wait. Thank you again, Jared, for coming on the show.